This is Bet MGM tonight. Join us for live sweats. Yes. Let's go, Kansas State. That was a big balls three. Three minutes ago. Big balls three. Instant reaction. This is an unbelievable thing for me to see. My favorite team, my true favorite team. Less mistress, more side piece. And maybe a few regrettable decisions. Oh, he's got bust written all over him. Gudikin sucks. Jordan Edison ran a 5-3-40, and he's Tristis height. I'd take him. You know what you shouldn't have done? Bet on the Wizards. Yep. Now, live from Washington, D.C., it's Ryan Horvath, Trista Crick, and Nick Ashew. Although, of course, those Wizards tonight of 56-38 on the Hornets. Pacers a 55-51 lead over the Jazz right now. Miles Turner's got 18 points in there in the, the first half. Still 224 to go there. Big one, Sixers and Celtics. Uh, Sixers have a four-point lead, 53-49. About two minutes to go in the first half. And uh, Clippers up 19-11 on the Nets. Knicks all over the Spurs, 24-10 there. The Victor Wimanyama debut, not a lot. Not a lot going on right now. There were just 10 points. Knicks all over the place with them. He doesn't have the 10, does he? No. No, no, no. No. Yeah. Zach Collins has two points, though, so there's that. Yeah. I didn't do anything How about with him, that? but I got Wemby under uh, 18 and a half tonight, so... I hope he has 18 exactly. You know what? I think that would be perfect. He's got... Does that get, uh, does that get you home? Uh, I need you don't blocks. Have points, right? No, I okay, just yeah. need blocks from Wendy. Yeah, I hope he has 30 blocks. I hope he sets I need an NBA six, record. I need six rebounds, though, and we don't, we're not close to that. I think he's, he got two, he's got two points, uh, one assist, and one rebound yeah. so far. Put not, not turning the ball over a lot the last couple games for him. Yeah, I know. Two, the yeah. last three games each. I've stayed away from those. I, yeah. think, I think Victor Wembanyama, in all seriousness, might be... Uh, uploading AI to himself, <laughs> like software updates every night when he goes into the ice bath, and he just gets like a new Safari iOS, and he just learns like everything that he didn't do right in tonight's game, he will have fixed by next game. Does feel that way. I like that about yeah. him. I mean, <laughs> yeah, me for too. a guy that doesn't make any sense when you look at him. You're just like, how oh, well? Okay, mm-hmm. at that point, would anybody be surprised? You know, I look forward to the world where players can improve just by uploading information, like the Matrix, you know? Yep. I know Kung Fu. Just like that. Lay Keanu Reeves' new Kung like, Fu. I've got it. It's just that simple. Keanu Reeves' new Kung Fu, man. Keith Smith jumps on with us now. And uh, you, know, you know what? Let's start with your Celtics a little bit. I'm looking at a team right now, Keith, that, uh, God, they look like, if not the best team in the NBA, pretty damn close, but... We got the Sixers up four on them, about two minutes to go here in the second quarter. When you watch the Sixers and you see what's going on, not just tonight, but just, just in general for the Sixers team, I don't want to say, like, hey, are they better than what they could have been with James Harden, but it just felt like there was a distraction there, and in some ways, I don't know, maybe he held them back somewhat. Do you see a Sixers team that is maybe, I don't know, has a higher ceiling now just given the way they're playing without James Harden? I don't know that they have a higher ceiling, but but I, I do think sometimes, you know, it's addition by subtraction. Mm-hmm. There, there was clearly a major distraction going on with him and the way things were going and the way, you know, things were headed with, with this situation where getting that out of there, removing that distraction, allowing everybody to just basically take their role and slot in and do what they're going to do, that puts them in a great, great place, you know, moving forward. Now you don't have anybody worrying about, all right, well, when he gets back, what's my role? going to be when he is not around what you know then what do I have to do now everybody can just play what they're going to play and just move forward with it so I think there's a chance it's addition by subtraction for Philly that this ceiling that'll ultimately be determined you know when we get into the playoffs and we'll see do they have enough offense creation and the like 
This this question is uh, random but near and dear to my heart because people are calling me a Twitter on uh, a hater on Twitter right now or X or TikTok whatever you want to say. Uh, what is your thoughts on uh, Cam Thomas and how the Nets have basically allowed him to have superstar green light? Right now, he's attempting the most amount of shots in the NBA with the lowest assist ratio. As you can tell, Keith, uh, I'm not super high on building a team or building an offense around him. Yeah, I think the problem for the Nets right now is they just don't have enough offense. It's a lot of Mikhail Bridges, and then they need anybody else who can create their own look. Cam Johnson hasn't been there. He's been out. So you got to uh, you know, figure things out and sort through it for as long as it's going to take to get him back on the floor. So that, that's been you know a challenge for sure uh, for the Nets. So that's going to be a, you know, a whole thing for them. So for right now, I'm kind of okay with – them letting Cam Thomas go, but I think, yeah, you're going to struggle to, you know, find yourself in a spot where, you know, if Cam Thomas is taking 30 shots a night, you're probably not going to be a very good team unless all of a sudden he develops into the most efficient scorer in the world because he's not always doing it with the most uh, efficient levels. Keith, it's only a uh, seven-game sample size, but are you a believer in what the Dallas Mavericks are doing here early at 6-1? and one? Yeah, I am. I think, you know, what they did really well was they went with shooting and defense around Luka Doncic and Kyrie Irving, and that's that's a, a, how you're going to have to win. You know, Grant Williams was one of the best value signings this summer because he'll play defense and he'll make open shots. He, he did that with Boston at a pretty good clip. We saw him do it also in, you know, high-level important games, so no reason to think he can't still uh, do that with, with Dallas. And then Derek Lively has injected just some energy, some, uh, you know, bounce into that starting group he's really figuring it out pretty quickly and their, their depth is solid enough that they've got enough guys kind of around uh the two stars that, that they need so when you build a team like that you're gonna probably have uh, pretty good levels of success so I, I think it's sustainable i don't know that it's you know one loss every six seven games sustainable but i think you know they, they should be a top six team when all is said and done in the western conference which really you should be if you're building the team around Doncic and irving Keith, we're looking at the Bucks right now give up almost 117 points a game, which is actually slightly better than where they were earlier in the season when they were 28th in points allowed. Do you look at this and say, ah, it's a team, got some new players on there, Dame's not really a defensive guy, this is going to take some growing pains to figure out everybody's role on both ends of the court, or do you maybe see a bigger issue in Milwaukee? I think there there's that part with Damian Lillard and some other new guys that are playing you know pretty big roles there in Milwaukee. But I think the other challenge that you have with them right now is you've got the uh, the the Bucks are playing a very different scheme. They have uh, you know gone through a period where they're bringing uh, Adrian Griffin's new scheme in, and they're putting Brooke Lopez up at the level of the ball. And the challenge with that is that's not taking advantage of what he does well. He's Even when he was much, much younger, he was not going to be a hedge-hard, hedge-high guy and then quick, hard recover to his man. He was always going to be someone who was going to be, all right, I need to lay back a little bit. And that's just not taking advantage of what he's done and what the real kind of skills um, are of, of him that's made him a defense player of the year candidate year in and year out but I'm okay with trying it and trying some new stuff because you're never going to know if it will work unless you give it a shot now but it's one of those things where I think eventually they'll probably scrap some of that at least when Lopez is in the game and go back to what they know works real well for them.
Yeah, that's a really good point. Well, what is it time for us to panic about the Sacramento Kings? Uh, yeah, let's see what happens. Uh, you know, it's twofold. How long is Darren Fox out for him? What do they look like when he is uh, fully back in the fold? Because that's going to be something they're certainly going to have to figure out. You know, because it's it's if he's there and playing, then you're probably doing you know pretty pretty well. If, if he's not, uh, you know, if they're not winning games when he's back, then that's worrisome for them. And in the Western Conference, you can't give up too many games. There's too many good teams. So you're going to end up in a spot. You know, we've seen the Grizzlies are kind of in that spot already. And you're going to end up in a spot, if you're the Kings, where if you look up a month from now and you're five, six games already out of the playoff picture, you're making your task in the second half of the season really, really difficult. If you're a Miami fan, uh, is there any reason to be concerned at all? I mean, you're three and four. You're the 10th seed in the East. But really all you have to do is get into the play-in tournament and you're probably guaranteed to go to the finals again for whatever reason. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they did, there's some of that, right? But it also, I think what you saw with Miami, much like with the Lakers in the Western Conference, but definitely with Miami, was they ran out of gas by the time they got to the finals because they had to push so hard, you know, to get all the way there. You know, you don't want to make that path more difficult if you don't have to. But you're also seeing some limitations of a team that they didn't make the big trade. They didn't build out their roster because it felt like they they spent most of the summer anticipation of making the big trade. So that becomes, you know, a major thing for the uh, you know, Miami Heat of, you know, all right, you know, are they gonna have enough? You know, we know their top line guys are pretty good, but are they gonna have enough to really get, you know, all the way, you know, where they need to be? And you you can't just count on every year we're gonna get in the playoffs and we're gonna make a run from the you know play in tournament deep into the playoffs because that's just not a sustainable thing. Keith, I'm looking at NBA most improved player right now. Tyrese Maxey's the favorite at plus 225. Scotty Barnes is 5-1, to one, and then Cam Thomas, who we just mentioned, obviously 7-1. Cade's way back at 16-1. to one. It's, it's kind of a weird award. Like, you know, there's no real... It just kind of feels like you have different situations every year when a player wins. Sometimes a guy could just jump up and be an all-star. Sometimes it's bigger roles. Sometimes it's new team, whatever the case is. Does this kind of just feel like as long as Tyrese Maxey keep, keeps pace with just the season that he started to have already, this is his award to lose? Or could you see anybody like a Scotty Barnes, a Cam Thomas, maybe even a Cade Cunningham jumping up and maybe winning the award? Yeah, I think uh, fair or not, I think a lot of times team record gets mm -hmm. involved in these kind of uh, awards too. And that probably really shouldn't be. It should just be based on, you know, what did the guy do? But like a guy like Cam Thomas, for example, it's more role. He, he's always kind of been this guy. I don't know that he's any improved. I yeah. think he's just always been a guy who can score buckets if he's given the opportunity. And he's certainly been given it right now. Maxi, I think what you're going to see is, can he keep up the playmaking and keep up the defense? If he can keep up those two things, that's much improved because now he's not simply a scorer. I'll give you another guy, though, who I really think by the end is going to be some, someone that people will be talking about, especially if the team can win a little bit, is Alperin Shingoon of the Houston Rockets. Mm -hmm. He is playing really, really good basketball. And you can see now, when he came into the league, one of the things that a lot of really smart draft people said was, he's not Nikola Jokic, so let's not get it confused. But there's a lot of Nikola Jokic in his game, and you're starting to really see that uh, with Shingoon at this point. Yeah, Shingun's been really good. He has dominated Sabonis those last couple of games uh, as well. Yeah, I, uh, I'm curious your thoughts about some of these rookies 
right? Like Scoot Henderson's been injured, but I think maybe he started off a little bit slower than a lot of people expected. Brandon Miller's been kind of up and down. Keontae George finally in the starting lineup. Like who's been the most impressive rookie so far to you outside of Wemby? <laughs> All right, I was going to say, if we're taking him off the table, I mean, I'll throw Chad Holmgren in that mix, too, because he is still a rookie the way the league classifies him. So I, I think he's played really, really well and done a lot of good stuff. But, yeah, you, you, you mentioned a, a couple guys who, who have looked, you know, yeah, at times, I think Brandon Miller is starting to figure stuff out a little bit, and he's starting to get a little bit more opportunity with Terry Rozier out. I, I think it's just Charlotte's in such a weird place. They have a lot of guys at that forward spot. We don't know what it'll look like when they get back to Miles Bridges in the lineup, and when, when that comes, if if it comes, you know, with, with his more recent uh, troubles. So we'll see what that all looks like. But yeah, I, I think it. You know, this is obviously it's one Benyamas. Uh, you know, uh, race to lose here, but I think Holmgren has done some stuff for sure, and and I think Scoot Henderson. I I know what you're saying, and I've heard a little bit of that where a couple people have said, yeah, yeah, some you know it started off slow, but I think the one thing is that's a really really hard position in the NBA to adjust to, especially when your coach is a former point guard. The the, the level of expectation there is quite high, so I'm still very very high on Scoot Henderson. I think he's going to be a great player. It's just going to take him a little bit to get there. Yeah. Yeah, could you kind of just give a, a little bit more uh, detail in terms of how difficult it is to step in and be a point guard on a and have to lead a team as a rookie? Yeah, you're processing a lot right out of the gate. You're running the offense. So not only are you making the calls in transition uh, generally, which especially for Portland, they're playing a lot of up and down games right now. So they're, they're looking for him to kind of run those things. The guy he thought was going to be his backcourt running mate who should have made life easier on him, Anthony Simons, got hurt right away. So that makes it a little bit more difficult. Then you're trying to process when you do get in the half or your coach is setting you up and, all right, this is what I want to run. And, you know, let's make sure we get into it. And you're trying to make sure we're on a team with a whole bunch of new faces too that you know all right let's uh you know get everybody on the same page here and that that makes it hard as well and then defensively you know you're you're kind of the head of the snake there at that position you're the one stepping out uh you know up there if you're guarding on ball you're going to be involved in a lot of on ball actions a ton of pick and rolls you're going to put that guy through quite a bit so i think scoot henderson's you know he's done well considering all you have to absorb at the point guard position but there's a reason why you know everybody says point guards you got to give them a year or two to really adjust to the speed and this is even for a guy who played at a professional level for the last couple of years with the G League Ignite, the NBA is just a whole different ballgame. Keith, I have to ask a uh, selfish question here as a Bulls fan because I knew it was going to be bad, and I know they won their last game, but now they're 3-5, and five, um, and they've scored 98.1 points per 100 possessions. They've been outscored by uh, 20.8 per 100, so it hasn't been good. It's been actually worse than I thought. Any chance that they're sellers at the deadline? I know they, you know, they bring back Vooch. Uh, they bring back Kobe White. Any chance that maybe they move somebody like Levine? We got about uh, 30 to about 45 seconds. I would like to say yes. I think the challenge is it's just not what they do. You know, under 
uh, Jerry Reinsdorf ownership, they've never really bottomed the team out. It's happened a couple times, but it's happened naturally through, all right, just the wheels came off, we had way too many injuries, and now here we are, uh, the Derrick Rozier, for example. So that's the challenge is, you know, unless they are willing to lean into saying, all right, the best thing is let's trade a bunch of guys, really bottom this thing out and be bad, I just don't know that they're going to go in that direction, and that's unfortunate because as the roster mm-hmm. is built right now, they're never going to be better than a team that's battling around the play-in line, and that's just, you know, for my yeah. money, that's not good enough. I don't yeah. want to be there yeah. every year. Thanks, Thanks Keith. Keith. Always good to talk to you, buddy. We'll be right back in just a few. Head over to BetMGM to place a better three. This is BetMGM Tonight, presented by BetMGM, live from BetQL. I think we need to set Mm -hmm. some parameters for roasting people for their bets because I'm not going to lie. Last week's teaser was absolutely terrible. I don't think I hit a single leg in it, which is fine. And at the end of the day, it counts for one bet. So people are saying, oh, all of your takes were terrible. Listen, if you lose a parlay or a teaser by one leg or four, Mm -hmm. it does not matter. It counts the same. But there is nothing worse than people who come on after the fact and say, all yeah. of these picks were terrible. Well, you have to say that before the game starts or else you just look like a Monday morning quarterback because obviously anybody can come in after the game and say, oh, you should have picked this team. So can we set some parameters for roasting people's sure. picks? I say if you don't roast somebody before the game starts, you shouldn't be allowed to roast somebody at all. Yes. If you roast someone after the fact, you're a loser. You know why? Because anybody can do that. Anyone. Anyone can say, oh, I'll just wait and see how this plays out. And if you win, I won't say anything. But if you lose, I'll troll you. That's just, that's, that's lowbrow thinking. So, yeah, if you're going to call somebody out and say, I disagree with this pick, fine. Disagree before the fact. Don't do it afterwards. A child can do that. Also, if you're going to provide generic fifth grade insults, I'm not going to acknowledge you because it is one thing if you listen to my reasoning, you say, hey, I have a problem with your line of thinking. This is wrong. And I think you need to consider this other than just somebody simply commenting wrong. Like that's the worst. (laughs) Like you can't even argue with these people because I will follow up and say, okay, what exactly about my handicap? do you disagree right. with specifically and they never have an answer and then they just follow up see you were wrong i'm like okay well if you can't tell me why i was wrong then like you don't have any grounds for insults and also another thing if you don't have your picture as your profile picture and if you don't use your name uh, as girl. your profile name you can't insult anybody for anything it's very easy to hate from the sidelines if you don't put your name to it, mm-hmm. sit down. If you missed any of the show, listen back anytime on the new and improved Odyssey app.
did have a, a you know, it's really helped free up the other guys. Uh, you saw them chipping, you know, guys chipping them out when, on the way out to the route, you know, so that certainly helps other guys. And I thought our rushers were really rushing well and got some good pressures. Let the conversation continue with Ryan, Trista, and Nick and BetMGM Tonight on the BetQL Network, presented by BetMGM. Ryan, when I listen to Matt Eberflus talk about anything with the Bears and say something positive, it just sounds like Ron Rivera trying to say anything positive about my uh, commanders. Kind of the same thing. That's the coach comp you got for him? Yeah, well, when they try to just just squeeze out any bit of positivity at the end because you're tired of answering negative questions. Still Uh, some football to be played, but who knows? Maybe maybe, uh, that's Ben John answering those questions. Oh. Maybe it's maybe it's Jim Harbaugh answering those questions. I'd much rather Harbaugh be in Chicago so we can have Ben Johnson in Washington. Going to be honest with you. I'll yeah, take that. now that I have to live here, I kind of want Ben Johnson here. And too. that's then that's the right answer. That's 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 what you should do. Mark Rody jumps on with us. Uh, covers the Bears. Six seventy the score in Chicago. Bearish, bearish the Bears. Uh, man, I got to be honest with you, Mark. This. I think <laughs> Panthers, Bears, I mean, the Bears are three-and-a-half-point favorites. This is a game, game that could year. be, ju- yeah, game of the year is what Trista says, and totally <laughs> agree with that. It's The total's 38-and-a-half in this. This still feels like an under to me, too. I mean, just looking at these two offenses and the struggles that they have, what's just your feel of what this game should look like? Yeah, I mean, you can just, like, this is one of those games where some of the just basic numbers count. The Bears are 2-7, and seven, Carolina is 1-7. and seven. Uh, passing yards. The Bears are 26th. Carolina is 21st. Points allowed. Carolina 31st. The Bears 28th. So neither is putting great defenses nor offenses down on the field uh, for this game. So, yeah, I mean, it's hard to imagine a scenario where this game just, you know, goes absolutely crazy in any way, shape, or form. I think from you know, there's interesting storylines, obviously, with the Bears in Carolina having done business before the draft. Bears trading the number one, which, you know, the Bears, the big sweet get so far for the Bears there was DJ Moore. Bryce Young was the prize for Carolina. And so, you know, on top of everything else, you'll have two rookie quarterbacks in Bryce Young and Tyson Bajan uh, going at it tomorrow night. Mark, how do you feel about the Bears' defense, though? I thought they played really good against New Orleans, especially if you go back and you look at they have to play without Edmonds in that game. They don't have uh, Jaquan Brisker in that game. And the Saints still average only 4.9 yards per play. I mean, they had a lot of help because there were five turnovers they were gifted in that game. But I think the defense has actually been a little bit better than we projected this season. Would you agree? Or Yeah, it, it, it is getting better. And I will say that the game against the Saints was so much better than the previous week against the Chargers where the defense was got off and they were just like fundamentally missing tackles and just looking awful, quite frankly. But, you know, previous to that even, and then obviously with the good example you just gave for the game against the Saints, yeah, you're seeing a team that has all of a sudden gotten so much better, especially at stopping the run, too. This is a team that was in the in the basement of that category, and last I checked, they were third in the league at, at, at stopping the rush. So that's gotten really good. You know, the one area, too, that they're still looking to, you know, get better as far as their defense, and they obviously just made a big deal in terms of trying to get it better, is getting to the quarterback. They're still, you know, it's going to take a while for Presto Magic with Montez Sweat for him to to get going, but he's already affecting things because other guys are going to get one-on-ones because he's there. So getting to the quarterback, guys, is, is where the Bears really just have gone wrong for a while now. 
Mark, were you surprised that, that they made that move at the deadline? Because I think a lot of people that cover the NFL thought maybe the Bears would be selling and not buying. Yeah, I was surprised by it. That one I did not necessarily see coming. I mean, it's not a, it wasn't a complete off-the-wall shocker just based on their needs. But, not, it, you know, from being at Hallis Hall every day and having sources, um, it didn't sound like anything was really cooking in that regard. And maybe, too, like we were so focused on what was going on with, you know, the Bears' best cornerback, Jalen Johnson, because – you know, he's been willing to talk about it. And, you know, even Brian Holes responded to the, his, you know, pleas for an extension of the money that he's wanting. So, so yeah, and the Montez Sweat deal did surprise me. But uh, at the end of the day, I, I think it was a good thing for the Bears to do despite the risk of giving up a second-round pick again. Yeah, especially because you could pay him right away, right? Like, you have – the Bears have a ton of cap space, and they're going to have two first-round picks that we know about. So I think that move is saying – like, maybe they're not as far off as we think. Right. They think maybe they could compete next year. And you look at the rest of the division, if the Lions lose Ben Johnson, Green Bay doesn't look very good, and then the Vikings, Kirk Cousins is most likely gone next year or not available to play. So do you think that Justin Fields is the guy, especially if you have the two first-round picks and Caleb Williams is available or Drake May is available? Do you think they have to go quarterback, or do you think maybe Justin Fields gets another shot and you get a Marvin Harrison or something like that? Yeah, I think Justin Fields still has a lot to prove, and for his sake and you know his future with the Bears anyway, I hope that he does get back quickly and that the, the extra days between games after the Thursday nighter will be what it takes to to get him healed because I'm, I'm trending no right now with him um, in terms of being uh, like a big the, the future of the Bears. I, I, I you know the the reason that I I can't complete that I put the tr the trending qualifier before that is what still is in my head and hasn't left it yet is the the back to back games where he looked really good yeah. passing the football the the game against Denver which ultimately the Bears lost in grand fashion because they blew a massive lead but the week after was the game against Washington where Justin Fields dominated the game with his arm so and then it, it went bad the week after that again um, against Minnesota I believe it was so I'm still allowing those two games to inform me a little bit going forward but it's, it's really going to have to look like that for me to think that he's going to be around. Well, he might still be around next year, but wow. there, to the original question, yeah, they would have to draft a quarterback if things don't get you know vastly better. What would that also mean then for the coaching staff after all this? <laughs> that, that's you know, that's a, a question that within Hallis Hall, we reporters are kind of divided on hmm. right now in terms of what does happen. Like if this is another – horrible season record-wise that there isn't some sort of you know five or six game winning streak this year yeah there's going to be whispers about Matt Eberflus's job my gut is is that he stays the reason I say that and you know unless it just goes terribly awfully wrong is if it hasn't been off the rails um, I say that just because Ryan Poles every time he's had a chance to talk about Ryan Poles the GM Every time he's had a chance to talk about Matt Eberflus, it has been in what I feel to be genuinely glowing terms. He gave recently, with all the chaos going on at Hallis Hall, with the firing of, a, of another coach, the running backs coach, got 
got canned for some untoward behavior, um, that, that he complimented Eberflus for guiding the team through that. It sounds like Polls genuinely likes him. So then the question becomes the guy above, you know, Ryan Polls, the, the president, the, the big guy. Um, if Kevin Warren will really allow Ryan Poles to have the autonomy when it comes to hiring and firing coaches, and I believe if he does have that autonomy, that Eberflus stays. Hey, Mark, I hate to switch gears. i got to do it really quick. Uh, the Chicago Cubs, I can't believe that Craig Council's actually going to manage this <laughs> baseball team. And since you used to cover the team, do you believe that they're actually going to spend some money in free agency? Because it's, a, it's, it's as a Cub fan, uh, you know, it's been a weird offseason already because Marcus Stroman opts out. He's going to test free agency. Cody Bellinger, I was hoping, like, maybe, you know, you're able to bring back. Are you going to be a believer in the Cubs this year? Like, they could turn it around quickly, or do you think it's going to be a three-, four-year process? Yeah, I mean, I think, like, if they're talking about spending $8 million a year on a manager, which is twice what the second most makes, and that, that was Terry Francona. So, it, like, if you're going to do that and just turn the baseball managerial salary structure on upside down here, you better – that better be saying that you're, you're planning on going all in on players as well. Unfortunately – one thing I did hear Jed Hoyer say was, you know, in all of his talkings at the GM meetings, is that it doesn't necessarily mean that. And it feels like there's this other side yeah. that people are saying, yeah, just because he did it in Milwaukee with a lower payroll, oh, let, let's see what, you can, what kind of magic it could work with our payroll. So I hope it means more of that. But uh, it doesn't sound like Jed is just going to go, you know, old school Yankees or anything like that. Yeah, not to switch back back gears again to this Thursday night matchup, but I'd be curious what players you think for the Bears have the best matchup because we like to play props here. Obviously, DJ Moore is is an obvious one because he's just the go-to guy. Uh, anybody else here that you like? Mm, well, um... Cole Komet, Mark. Don't overthink <laughs> it. Don't, well, that's no, why you pay I was, the man. I was... I was thinking about him, but I was also thinking the sigh was for Darnell Mooney. Uh, just because he had a really nice game last week, and I do wonder if they want to – there did seem to be a really good rapport with Tyson Bajan and Darnell Mooney. So that's the guy that I'm tending towards. The problem, though, is it's been put in into DJ Moore's head – that you know, like he, since he shined in that Thursday night game against Washington when he had the crazy 200-yard game, and uh, so you know, to expect, and then he's going up against his old team too. So I wonder if if Tyson Bajan will want to reward him and make it his night, and if the Bears are going to want to make it DJ Moore's night. How's that for you, Mark? Do you actually? I got one. Do you believe that Bajan could be like the backup of the future? I was texting Ostrowski uh, the other night because I'm a huge fan, especially when I found out that his uh, dad is an ex-arm wrestler, professional arm wrestler. Do you think he could be a solid backup, though? I mean, I don't know that he's a starter, but I, he's good if you don't have to if he doesn't have to air it out like 20 or more yards down the field. Yeah, I think um, he's got a chance at being uh, the the Bears' backup. I certainly don't take that out of the realm of possibility. But, yeah, he's got a ways to go before you can say that he is, like, legitimate NFL caliber, whether it's, you know, backup, third string, starter, whatever the case may be. Because we saw some things or and have seen things exposed 
when they ask him to do more or if he tries to do a little bit more. And I do worry with him when you and I, when all of us can can watch it and see that not a whole lot of zip on that football. Yeah. You know, he can throw deep, but, you know, the, the velocity with which he throws, it makes me nervous. So, you know, just in ter- I feel like men- it, it seems like the opposite with him, though. He seems like he's got the mental part of, of the game down. Like he really understands quarterbacking and breaking down film and, and studying and all of that stuff. But I just wonder if he can overcome some of the, the physical tools that he doesn't really have in, in a classic way for a quarterback. Yeah, and there's sometimes with young quarterbacks where we can just tell, like, kind of what their ceiling is. And then there's some where you expect the ceiling maybe to be higher than what you've seen so far, like Bryce Young, for example. I mean, it has not been a great year for him at all. C.J. Stroud has obviously overshadowed him, certainly. But, you know, we, we look at a Panthers team that's lost a lot of games, a bad offensive line. Uh, Thielen is their number one receiver, and you just kind of look and go, well, of course Bryce Young doesn't look great because he has nothing around him. When you've watched him, and then obviously what you'd maybe expect to happen in this game here, do you kind of look at this and go, uh-oh, this could be really bad for the Panthers? Or is it more of, all right, let's pump the brakes. There's not a lot around him. He's a rookie. Like, we got to give this kid a little bit of time. Kind of similar to what I guess the mindset at least was supposed to be in Chicago with Justin Fields. Mm, yeah, like, um, yeah, it'll be interesting, especially since, I mean, he's he's coming off a, Bryce Young's coming off a three-interception game against Indianapolis. Mm, yeah, so, I bet them. That wasn't good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you don't want that trend to continue if you're Bryce Young, and I get it. Look, I mean, it, we expect lights, camera, action out of all these guys, all these you know top-notch quarterbacks, and I'm like that too. You know, it's like let's let's go, let's see the big numbers, let's see let's see what you got. Everybody wants it right away, but I do think that Bryce Young is like a lot like to your point. You know, once he, they start to build around him and realizing the the real strengths that he has, and they they and you know obviously he's going to be the centerpiece then that's when you start to look at him and say, um, you know, what what is he all about? But, you know, you kind of get that rookie year by. But he's got to be thinking, too, in this game. You know, he understands the relationship between the Bears and Carolina, as I was talking about earlier, and that the Bears essentially said, you know, um, we, we're not interested in Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud didn't blow us away. So we're sticking with our guy. So, I don't know, I might be taking the, the what's in their brains a little bit too far, but I would think that there might be a little piece of that from uh, from Bryce Young. But I also think from a Bears perspective, they got to be preying on him. I mean, eight touchdowns, <laughs> seven interceptions this year, three of them last week. He's got a pretty decent completion percentage, says Bryce Young. But, I, you know, you're going to have two vulnerable quarterbacks in this matchup. Yeah, time and time again, we just get it kind of reconfirmed that it's just not that easy to draft a quarterback in the NFL, even if it's the first <laughs> round, even if it's number one overall. Teams miss all the time. Mark Rohde, 670, the score in Chicago. Appreciate the time, man. My pleasure, guys. Have a great night. Yeah, like, I'm not ready to just completely write off Bryce Young. I think that would be stupid for anybody to do. But it doesn't mean you can't watch and go, oh, there's some there's some red flags. Yeah, there's some concerns. For me tomorrow night, I'm writing them off. <laughs> well, I need some money. Different story. I need money. Like in a how high. Money! Right. You know who's helping me out, guys? Who? The Yukon Lady Huskies, up 41. If they win by literally 50 points, and, and the Goose model, a.k.a. my uncle's model, mm-hmm. is right. The model. He's, he's the greatest. He's 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 the, the Billy capper. Walters of women's college basketball. If that happens, can you stop being selfish and start yeah, yeah. sharing I his you picks guys with us? Did not. You did not give us anything. You lie. I said Yukon minus 36, <laughs> game tips in five. Did 
Nick, Trista, and Ryan are taking a short break. Stay tuned because there's plenty more to come on BetMGM Tonight. Presented by BetMGM. Live from BetQL. The one thing that I would have is just like how this experience is going to start coming more and more to the forefront of our lives, like your life and my life, and like Tyler's life and Jake's life and Alex's life and downtown Mike Brown's life and your life, the person listening and watching this right now, where I have a three-team parlay last night in the National, among other bets, right? And my parlay is going to be closed out by the Colorado Avalanche. We're playing on the road at the Seattle Kraken. Now, I get into bed and, like, attempt to fall asleep last night. At the end of the first period, the Kraken are up one nothing on a goal by my guy, Yamamoto, scores, and the Kraken take a one nothing lead uh, against the Avalanche at the end of the first. And I fall asleep. And I wake up maybe around like 1.40, and I know because the first thing I did when I, when I woke up was look at my phone, see what time it is, and immediately go to NHL goals and to check my score app to see what the final score of the game was. And I saw that the Avalanche had come back to win the game 4-1, which meant I had won my parlay, put my phone down, and tried to go back to sleep. So we're officially in, like, that part of the calendar here. If you're on the East Coast especially, where, hey, like, you're betting West Coast games, you might not be able to stay up, and then you wake up in the middle of the night for whatever reason. You just wake up, you gotta, maybe there's a noise, you got to go to the bathroom, whatever it is. You got to wait till the morning to find out if you won your bet? Of course not. You're picking up the phone and you're checking. So I had yet another one of those last night, and the NBA starts next week. So, I mean, we are big time here now, Ken, in this season. In, like, middle of the night, check my phone to see if I won my bet season. And I absolutely love it. Jenks, if you could have one brand uh, sponsor you, what do you think that brand would be? What brand would sponsor me? I don't know, some sort of bourbon or something, probably. That's that's what I'd go with. I don't know. I'd have to think about my favorite bourbon. You know, just throw it out like, oh, that's a good one too, Matt. I would either be sponsored by McDonald's because I love the McRib and I'm passionate about the McRib. Or maybe like Woodford or some sort of just solid bourbon. I don't know. I feel like that's right in my wheelhouse. A fast food sandwich from McDonald's or some booze. (laughs) I think that's perfectly in line. What about you? I'm not sure I was thinking about this. Because so much of like marketing and brand management is about awareness. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure if I have it. Like, I feel like I am so different in so many regards. Like, maybe like a healthy smoothie place. I don't know. Smoothie uh, King. I, do, I wear a lot of Lululemon, but like, I don't think I'm like cool enough to maybe represent them. But the reason I bring this up is because mm-hmm. it feels like we have the perfect partnership in the NFL between Kirk Cousins and Coles. Has there ever been a better brand deal with somebody who is extremely self-aware that he dresses like a dad? Have you seen some of these fits sponsored by Kohl's? Like they look right up his alley. And I took my hat to him. (laughs) I actually have not seen these. This does not shock me at all. It's actually perfect. 
perfect guy. Right. I will give Kirk Cousins credit enough, you know, and you, you mentioned it, which is at least he's self-aware enough to know. You know, that's the worst when people just have no self-awareness at all and they'll dress a certain way or they'll act a certain way and they just don't see why what they're doing or what they're wearing is ridiculous. But I think this is chef's kiss. If you missed any of the show, listen back anytime on the new and improved Odyssey app. We're back with Trista, Ryan, and Nick on BetMGM Tonight on the BetQL Network, presented by BetMGM. Man, I'll tell you what. Boston Celtics, guys, they're a good team. Like, no analysis here. Hashtag analysis. Boston's just a really, really good team. Now, they are down four to the Sixers right now. But, like, Trista pointed this out during the break. Jason Tatum's only got 11 points, but he's got 14 rebounds. And they're only down four to the Sixers. Like, they got so many guys that can go out there and get them buckets or help them find ways to win. Not every win is going to be pretty. You got to win the ugly games once you get to the playoffs. And they got players out there that can help them do that. True Holiday's got eight. Chris has Porzingis, 18. Sam Hauser, GOAT, eight points. Just a, a balanced effort. JB, I think, only has four. Oh, what a terrible bank shot. You got to call that wizard. Yeah, you got to call that. May have. You don't know that. Yeah. Could have. I didn't hear a word. <laughs> well, we don't have any sound out in here. <laughs> got to get those live look-ins working. Uh, um, we're, we're about to find out a lot, guys, about the Lady Husky second unit. Okay. Right now, they're clinging to a 44-point lead. <laughs> uh, I have them as 36-point favorites. We got nine minutes to go in the fourth quarter. Here's where we just do this. We don't Close wanna, it up. And we'll, we'll check again in about 20 minutes. And then I got a message uh, from one of my guys. And I guess golf's still going on. There's the Bermuda Championship. He gives me what? a uh, Brandon Wu 40 to 1. I'm going to play the 20 to 1. Uh, I'm sorry, the top 20 plus 175 with a little sprinkle of Brandon Wu 40 to 1. Uh, the only outright oh, okay. that I hit this year came from him. I'm not going to dive into it. I don't have any right. facts. I don't have any reasonings for you. But Brandon Wu. 40 to 1, plus 175, top 20. Back in the day, Ryan, we used to be like, and don't ask, no no questions. questions. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's when I get one of those messages. It's like horse racing. Korean baseball. Just and, go. You uh, go Brandon with your Wood gut. Yeah, you Bermuda. go. You go with your gut. Bermuda, you fu- Jamaica. Maybe you had a dream about Ooh, I him. Take I'm you. having Winning. crazy deja vu right now. And what's that about? I don't know. Joel Embiid just hit a turnaround bank <laughs> shot layup sort of thing, midi, uh, to play against the Celtics, and I just went to the NBA stats to find out how many points he's at. And all of a sudden, I was transported back either forward or backwards. I don't know. It's almost like you've watched a lot of Sixers games with Joel Embiid scoring points. 25 yep. against the Celtics, though. It was against It was against the Celtics. Yeah, I was going to say, we probably have watched in this room together at least 20 Celtics, 76ers games, For I feel, sure. in the last three years. Yep. Yeah. I love this rivalry, though. 
It is fun. Mm-hmm. You know, this is this is one of the games I do get up for in the Eastern Conference because there's not many. I mean, the Atlanta Hawks, after an 0-2 start, were playing a little bit better than they dropped one the other night. Trey Young just can't get his shot going. Murray's been carrying the team. If you look at his mid-range numbers, he's been lights out. I'm just, like, diving into the East a lot because I can't make the case for any of these other teams. Even the Knicks have been a little bit disappointing. Yeah. You know, I know that it's a 7-8 game sample size, but I thought maybe, like, they would get off to a hot start. I think somebody... I told thought, you we got the best know. Knicks to open the season against the yeah, Celtics. I thought somebody, it like, every somebody year. needed to get off to like a you know like a seven and one, eight and one start. And there's just not that team in the East, you know, other than Boston. Philadelphia, a nice little start. Yeah. You know, Nick Nurse has done wonders, especially mm-hmm. when you figure all the drama that they've had to deal with moving James Harden and whatnot. But East is down, man. That's why I just think it's Boston's year. And then Tatum will let me down in the finals. But yeah, at least we'll he get will. There. This is this is. I know it's early in the season, so it's hard to like use statement game as something that has like a lot of strength to the phrase. But for the Sixers to win this game, even at home over the Celtics tonight, if they do, they're up five right now in the third. It is a level of a statement game. I know it's early in the season, but for a team that went through just all you pointed out, everything that they went through, and then the trading James Harden, not getting him out there at all this year, and then for this team in some ways to maybe look better, like they have more. Oh my God, Kristaps Porzingis just missed a dunk. Come on, Kelly, dude, Uber. seven foot three, do what you do, and he missed Kelly. a dunk. Do what you do. But I mean, this, the, right the Celtics are probably the deepest, most talented team in the East and right there in the entire NBA with anybody else that you want to match them up with. Oh, yeah. But right now, the Sixers are hanging with them, and it's a team that if... It's not going to be based on the Sixers being the most talented team. What it is going to be based on is the chemistry, everybody knowing their roles, and everybody playing consistently. Like, Tyrese Maxey can't be the guy that goes out there and gets you 30 points one night, and then the next night goes 2 of 12. He's got to be a consistent scorer, and you got to know that Joel Embiid is the guy the offense runs through first. Know your role! Exactly. Your mouth. You've got exactly. to do both those things. Exactly. I've seen it all in college football. Here's something I've never seen in my life. So I have the under in Miami, Ohio, Akron, and I bet it, it was uh, 40, and then it went down to 37 and a half. It's 10 nothing at halftime, so we're looking pretty good. I checked just to, uh, you know, do a little because I'm letting you guys watch hoops. I'm not making you watch Wednesday night action after Tuesday night action. <laughs> but was, it was rough last night. The team total for Akron, who's two and seven this season, one and four in conference play, two and a half. I don't think I've ever seen like last week we had the Iowa game, the Northwestern game where the mm-hmm. total closed like twenty nine and a half, then went back up to thirty. I guess it closed at thirty. But two and a half is their team total. I'm like this close, this tempted to just take the over. It's a field goal. How bad are things? As the Lady Huskies go up ninety one forty five. Two and a half. Yeah, two and a half. That's their team total. Yeah, like that. I've never seen that in college. When football. you first it's, said it's that, halftime. I swear, when you first said that, I thought you meant like win total for the season. It, that's what first popped into my head, and I was like, wait, no. He said team total for points Three in points. this game. I mean, that's a college football team. Their team total crazy. is two and a half points. That's tough. That's that's, that's absolutely. That's why outrageous. we love Wednesday night action. That's why we're here. Do we though? That's why we take Do no we, days <laughs> off. Damn it, during football season. You want you want zips football. Dad's got it what for you. What version of the Washington Wizards oh, are you. we watching? How are they scoring? I don't know. Well, they always Told score. You guys. They always I try to do. tell you. The Wizards. Hornets don't play defense either, know, Trista. So I that's know. the thing. Is like This is the type of game where it could go either way because neither yeah. team plays defense. So it's just oh, whoever's Brandon shooting the ball better. Miller, Brandon, Brandon, Brandon. Corey Kispert, Kispert three, that's three, a that 94 Look at the boys. Sorry. This is the night you should have bet on them. See, this is what happens. And I've told you this. Oh, you did? 
Did you? Yeah. You told me you didn't! You are full of lies. Well, well he I didn't want to bring us, bad energy into the room, he, damn it. He also you already told know us, what it is. When the Wizards are on that court and I'm stuck in this room, I'm betting them. All right? Show rule. I don't care if they play the 95-96 Bulls. Mm-hmm. All right? I don't care. They'll shut Luke Longley's ass down. Well, Bill, that's not that hard. I hate this. This parlay's not going to come home because <laughs> well, Tatum stinks and the Wizards are going to beat the Hornets. 10 to 1. Why do I need it? UConn ladies up 95-48. When some zig, we others zag. zag. I think when others play men's college hoops, we're in there in the women's game. We're 13 and 1. Uh, PJ Washington now 1 of 8, 0 for 5 from 3. 5 he points He needs to for get Hornets. it together because he owes a lot of money to my girl, Brittany Renner. And he's not doing anything tonight. He needs to get me 20 plus points and he's not even close. They're up 40. All right. I got a lot Are we going on, on UConn? We're still thinking about whether UConn has... I want them to like. I want I, if they win by exactly fifty points, I'm going to be amazed. I've never seen anything like this, like this run, and I'm just waiting to get cut off. So I might need to. I might need you guys to do some some business. Well, that's fine as long as you share them with us from your source. Uh, this is the avenue I think we all could go the rest of the way, and I'm yeah, fine with that. Me too. And if I have a ten and one night in women's college basketball, you we won't make you wear the uh, Viking costume. How about that? From now on, I don't want to be known as Ryan Horvat. I want okay. to be Connor Stallions. <laughs> Fair enough, Connor Stallions. I don't know. Maybe come up with a better Horby name. Stallions. Guys, yeah. This, this Blake Corum stuff is a little wild, though, isn't it? The business dealing that he says he has nothing to do with, but his yeah. name's on the business but with see, him. Yeah. I actually, I think there's something to that, though. I think that there's a chance that he does have nothing. To, they, they have nothing to do with each other, right? Like especially now with the NIL money. You know what I mean? Like, he's just... How does that work, then? How is your name on a business with somebody else? Like, right. I know, I'm sure there's... But, I mean, like, for him, for Blake Corum, he probably saw, like, the cha-ching and was like, where do I sign? You right. know what I mean? Being right. a kid. I don't think he thought anything of it. Right. I don't know. This situation gets wilder and wilder. Uh, obviously, like, something that we've never seen, something that we've never dealt with in college football. We deal with some weird stuff every year. I think, ultimately, what happens is Harbaugh has to go. I wonder if the, they would do like a year suspension, a year ban for Jim Harbaugh. In and which then case, he then he goes to, the NFL, goes to the NFL. And then the NFL actually stands by their word. And Roger Goodell's like, uh-uh. You know, can't. it's like in Days and Confused. Oh, if we leave, we can't come back. You know, the, the, maybe they hit him with that one. <laughs> and then he's coaching maybe the D.C. Defenders in the XFL, USFL for For a one year. season. For one we'll season. That. Helping out with the beer snake? I mean, we ha- games? We, we've seen it in the NFL where guys have got the year suspension. Sean Payton got suspended mm-hmm. for a year. But that was also something that happened in the in, NFL. In the NFL, right. right. Yeah. I, I don't think the NFL would uphold a year-long suspension if he left. I think it's complete BS. I don't believe it for one second. But he's going to get punished somehow. Yeah, because the owners don't want that precedent set, so they are the boss of Roger Goodell. They're and they take would away say, his nah. khakis, his milk, and his fillets. No have... steak, no milk, and no, no khakis. You get nothing. What would Harbaugh do without those three things in football? <laughs> I don't know what I would do without those four things. All right, it is Mushrooms. a Wednesday, Scott. We can at least sneak one or two in here. Let's play a, play a little Would You Rather. You know the drill. Would you rather? Trista, will start with you. Would you rather on a Wednesday? DJ Moore revenge game tomorrow night. Storylines aplenty. Game of the year, some are saying. <laughs> DJ Moore anytime. Touchdown, Trista. Would you rather at uh, minus 115? Or the Panthers to cover. Three and a half, current number. 
minus 115 as well. Well, I'm going to play Panthers plus three and a half, and I know it's not going to be a fun game, and I know that the Panthers are a team that you just stomach. You can't really deal with backing them no matter who the opponent is, but I just can't wrap my mind around the fact, Ryan, you're right. How could the Bears be over a field goal favorite when it's not even Justin Fields using his legs and scampering? It's Tyson Bagent, a man I didn't even know his name three months ago. So three weeks I'll ago, I'll maybe. Three I'll forget ago. it three more times this week. Yes. I'll be yes. calling him Tyler probably oh, on like done yes. different Odyssey stations. <laughs> we've, we've done that. I continue. I have to say in my head his name before I say it out loud. I have to take the Panthers plus three and a half. It's going to be a long day for our man Tyson's oh, chicken. He might just get barbecued. This game tomorrow, I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. Be I'm positive. We only got a couple more. I, I have never looked forward to a Thursday night football game less. Well, maybe just a game this year because there have been some bad Thursday night football games. Bears, uh, Commanders last I, year. I, I'd like the DJ Moore revenge game anytime touchdown if it was a better price. I don't like the minus 115, though. I just want plus money on an anytime touchdown. Give me a boost. Give me some plus money, and then I'll take it. Otherwise, I'm going to oh god I'm gonna take the Panthers plus three and a half oh I hate everything about this game so much it hurts to even say it yeah I got a big bet I'll probably take some DJ Moore stuff too but I got a big bet on the Panthers in this game two weeks ago Bryce Young looked really good against Mm -hmm. the Texans you know even with that pass rush uh, was really good against the Blitz and then he took a step back last week I think that's just kind of what you're gonna expect from him this year he doesn't have the best personnel surrounding him the best weaponry weaponry so uh yeah but I like the Panthers in this game bear I don't know if they win, but the Bears shouldn't be three-and-a-half-point favorites, I'll tell you that. No, no, they, they they shouldn't. But then again, it's Thursday night, and nobody knows anything that's going to happen in that Lance game. Lance Briggs ain't walking through that door, Here. and even if he does, he's pushing 50. You know who is, though? Kickers. Devin Kicker, Hester. Kicker props tomorrow Tim night, Batuka. guys. Cairo oh, Santos. Fumblebee Tuca. That's the way to go. Uh, real quick, Cam Thomas just got help to the locker room. Uh-oh. Nets Clippers, uh, Nets up two. 54-52. So here goes Trista again, just getting guys hurt. Oh. Teams are losing. You know, props aren't coming home because Trista mushes, and it's just way too damn powerful. So I, we, we got we to work on this just a little bit. Hey, let's test it a little bit. Let's see if you can mush the Wizards. They're up by 101-79. Wizards How about that? 15-2 run. It's BetMGM tonight.